This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention to the results from the state assessments for grades 3 through 8 during the 2022-2023 school year. And helping us make sense of the numbers, we're joined on The Capitol Press Room by Jeff Smink, Interim Executive Director of the Education Trust New York, an advocacy group promoting equity in our schools. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Great. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right in. What stood out to you, for good or ill, from the math or English language arts exams administered to kids in grades uh, three through eight? Were there any highlights or, or themes that emerged for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, overall, we're concerned by the by the overall numbers. So we had less than half of all students across the state proficient in reading, a little over half proficient in math. Um, those numbers were much lower when we look at students of color and students from low-income backgrounds. And for us, we're really focused on two indicators in particular. So one of those is third grade reading and the other is eighth grade math. Um, and both of those, again, were, were less than half of all students proficient. And they matter because you know third grade reading there's a host of research showing that it's really one of the most important indicators of, of future student success. Um, you know, without that foundation, um, you know, dropout rates skyrocket. Um, we know it has a host of, of negative life outcomes when kids are not reading proficiently by the end of third grade. So that's a huge concern for us. Um, and then we look at eighth grade math um, as another indicator that. Uh, you know, when kids are not, don't have sort of those foundational skills, it can really limit their um, access to advanced coursework in high school and really play a role in, you know, future job earnings, right? Whether they can access some of these high paying STEM jobs um, that are coming across the state, right? I think about the investment by Micron in central New York, right? And I think there's a real concern that we're not going to have enough students that have the skills to to, to reach those jobs. So, so those are the, the, the two pieces that we're really focused on. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, overall, just a, a lot of work still needs to be done. You know, I think the other thing um, that I would add, too, that we're really concerned about is just sort of the, the timeliness and transparency of the data that came out from the state. Um, so the data was just released, I think, on December 15th. Um, students took these tests last spring. Um, so, you know, there's a huge time lag there. And, you know, this year the state didn't even do a, a press release or any kind of uh, summary of the data to show what it meant. And, you know, really concerned about that. I think, you know, parents, taxpayers, policymakers all deserve to, to get this data and, and have it as a way to, you know, know how their school is doing to compare it to other schools in their district and their region, but also hold their districts and schools accountable. Um, so really concerned just about the lack of transparency that we saw. Well, in years past, my follow-up question would be, how do the numbers compare to previous years? Are there any trends that we're seeing in terms of proficiency? But this year's tests were graded with a new threshold for proficiency. So aside from making the data difficult to compare to past results, do the new standards have other ramifications for what you're seeing? For example, do you now have new levels of faith in the numbers in terms of what they represent and what they tell us about the kids? Do they raise new questions about the actual proficiency of our students? How, if at all, are the standards impacting your evaluation of these numbers? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I I think we recognize two things. I mean, one, that there was a shift to the the next generation learning standards, uh, which does make it difficult to compare I think we also, you know, recognize the impact of the pandemic on student learning. Um, so, so I, I think, you know, again, constantly sort of changing these metrics, 
and this is not the first time where we kind of not been able to compare year to year, does make it very difficult, right, for parents, for people to actually know like what these numbers mean. And I think that's where more guidance or more support or, or assistance from the state to interpret these scores would be really helpful. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, overall, um, you know, there's, I think, just confusion sort of about what these scores mean. Um, but, you know, I think the way the state is framing it and is, is this is sort of the new baseline, right? And so I think, you know, what we'll be focused on is, is using this as a baseline and seeing where we go from here. And in terms of what proficiency means under these new standards, are you skeptical at all about where the bar is being set as part of these new standards? Because some critics of the reevaluation process have argued that they're basically lowering uh, the standard for proficiency to a meaningless level. Yeah, I think, again, that's where that transparency piece comes out. I have just not seen enough about that to kind of make a statement, um, but it certainly raises questions, particularly when you look at some of the other things happening across the state. If we look at uh, the discussion around graduation requirements, right, and there's there's talk about uh, sort of moving away from regents exams and things like that. Um, and really, I think just overall, a shift away, at least from this current um, state education department away from the value of statewide assessments, right, or objective measures. Um, and so I think it all, you know, all those things come together to just create a real source of confusion about, you know, how well are students prepared, um, you know, both in, you know, third grade, eighth grade, but also when they graduate. And we're seeing just too many students that are, you know, graduating without foundational literacy skills, without foundational math skills. And that limits them, right? It, it limits them if they go to college um, and find out they have to take remedial courses that, that, by the way, cost money and don't give any credit. It limits them if they're applying for an entry-level job and can't pass a written exam. So I think just overall, there's just a lot of confusion about sort of how prepared students are. And, I, and unfortunately, I think we're moving in the wrong direction when we're talking about, you know, changes to graduation requirements and, and changes to the proficiency levels on these assessments. And it, again, just adds to that, that confusion. And one last thing on the meaningfulness of this data. The New York Post reports that nearly 200,000 students, one out of five, were possibly going to take the standardized test, decided to opt out of them. How, if at all, does that skew these results and does that make them meaningless to a certain degree? Well, I don't think they're meaningless, right, because we're still talking about 80 percent of students. Um, I will say there is a federal requirement that has a goal of 95 percent participation. So that's, you know, I think a challenge. Um, you know, New York, as you know, has been sort of a, a hub of opting out, um, which raises a lot of equity concerns for us. Um, so I think it definitely impacts, it impacts the scores. Parents certainly have that right, but I think the whole issue, the whole reason we have assessments is as, you know, a civil rights mechanism, right, that allows us to um, see how all students are doing, including, you know, different demographic groups and students of color and things like that. So, so the more students we have participate, the better the data is, the more robust it is. So that's, it's always a concern. Well, I want to talk about how we use the data that we do have. But first, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about the results from the state assessments for grades three through eight that were administered during the 2022-2023 school year. And our guest is Jeff Smink, Interim Executive Director of the Education Trust New York. 
what should state policymakers, we can get to, say, local educators or even parents and guardians in a second, but what should the state level uh, of education officials or even state lawmakers be doing with assessment data that was released for the past school year? Should it initiate any sort of response or should we just wait and see for the future? Yeah, I think it should absolutely merit a response. I think one of the problems with the assessment data that's been coming out is we've sort of become, you know, numb or normalized to these low numbers when, as I said earlier, like each of these, these data points represents a student, right? And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of students that based on these assessments, but based on other indicators that we all, you know, see, you know, on a day-to-day basis, that students are lacking foundational skills in math and literacy. And so what we're really pushing for at the state level, and and we're really happy to see today, um, Governor Hochul talking about an investment in early literacy instruction, right? We need to make sure that all kids have access to evidence-based instruction in literacy. We know from a report we put out that many school districts across the state are still using non-evidence-based instructional resources. Um, And the same goes for math, right? Um, It's not quite as far along as far as the evidence base, but we know that students deserve more more equitable access to good math instruction that that helps students develop those skills and prepares them to take on advanced coursework in high school. So, So the data should set off alarm bells for legislators saying that what we're doing isn't enough, um, it's not working, and that we really need to double down on making sure, particularly, and and this is where I sort of find fault with the focus on graduation standards, is changing graduation standards is not going to magically give kids foundational skills, right? And so we really need to focus, really starting at birth, but really from the K-12 system, starting in kindergarten through eighth grade, and making sure that every student, you know, gets to third grade being able to read and gets to eighth grade with those math skills. So, so I hope that we'll see, you know, more of a, a support of that, you know, throughout the, the legislative session. I know we're talking with other members of the legislature on this on these issues. Um, but yeah, we've got to just, I think, really double down on, on making sure students have those skills. And then we can worry about, you know, graduation measures and, and things like that. Is there something that should be happening at the local level, whether it's school districts or parents and guardians that they should be? using uh, this data to inform certain decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we, as we're doing this work is particularly around things like literacy is telling districts, right, you don't have to wait for the state to do a lot of these pieces, right? Districts right now have the resources to invest in evidence-based curricula. Districts can prioritize things like like early literacy and and um, eighth grade math, right? Um and, and I think, you know, as parents and advocates, I think there's got to be better ways. And this is, again, why it's so important that parents get this data in a timely fashion, right? Um, if they're not getting it until December, it becomes more difficult to use it to, you know, advocate for their child or for, at their school board meetings, you know, to find out, for example, is my district using an evidence-based curriculum? You know, there's there's a real opportunity here for more robust use of, of these of this data and and um, and again nothing is preventing districts from doing you know any of the things that that we think need to be done. So we've primarily talked about responding to this data with a, a carrot approach, uh, you know the positive aspects. Is there a stick approach? Is there some sort of accountability that uh, needs to follow these results? Whether it's uh, the educators or the local administrators, or even maybe at state uh, education department. 
Yeah, I think, you know, all those all those places there is, as you know, you know, through the federal Every Student Succeeds Act, there is a, a process in place to hold districts accountable. Um, I have not, frankly, seen a lot of information on that recently. Um, and I, I believe that the state sort of reset the timeline based on the pandemic, um, you know, as far as when schools are, are, are you know, given sanctions and things like that, um, which is understandable, but also draws out that timeline, right? So that we now have kids that are in schools that are struggling, you know, for instead of a three-year time period, it's been, you know, five or six years. So absolutely, I think we need to have more accountability, you know, at the at the state level, at the district level, at the local level. Um, but really, again, I mean, accountability is about identifying areas that needs improvement and getting them more targeted resources, right? It's, I think, unfortunately, accountability has been seen as a, you know, a punitive approach or, you know, uh, really, you know, putting a stigma on schools. And that was never the intent. The intent was to use the data to find what areas need improvement and then provide more resources there. So, so I think there's, you know, there also needs to be a, a messaging shift, right. That gets us away from that punitive model and more around that supportive model that uses the data, right. To target, to target resources where they're most needed. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. We've been speaking with Jeff Smink. He's the Interim Executive Director of Education Trust New York. Jeff, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. Join us again for Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.